you start. In which style should I start? Like funny, happy, jokey? How about like a drive time DJ? Sure. You're listening to I Love This, You Should Too, with Indy and the Sam. We got your nonstop rock coming at you. Ready? We're going to get the let out. I like that. Or I could be maybe like an NPR guy. My name is Indy Randawa. Today I'm speaking with Samantha Hees, who's starting a nonprofit to help out with the Indonesian financial crisis. Samantha, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> or we can talk like BBC people. Everything goes up and then comes down at the end to make it oh, somber. Yeah. 24 are dead in Pakistan. <laughs> yes. This is I Love This, You Should Too on the BBC. <laughs> We could just be us, I suppose. Yeah, we're kind of radio people. Yeah. My name is Indy Randella, and with me is the lovely and talented and newly haircutted Samantha Hees. Yes, I got my second quarantine haircut this week. And I cut it. And yeah. I think it turns out quite well. Indy is very multi-talented. And this is a podcast called I Love This, You Should Too. That was a weird start. I hope it edits together. <laughs> How are you doing, Indy? I'm doing all right. I'm full of delicious food. It's a pretty nice evening. And like, really, I live a pretty good life these days. I get up, maybe do a little podcast work, a little photo work, go for a bike ride, eat baked goods. I'm living the life. (laughs) Very true. So it's about day 57 of of quarantine. And uh, I think we've really settled into it. We've relaxed into this hard. Too much. When I have to go back to work, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, especially at my work, there's so many like slobbering kids. That's going to be so scary then. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. I like people who don't know what I do. I'm not going to say anything more, but they'll be like, what is his job? (laughs) Probably just sounds like a daycare worker. Probably, yeah. Some days, not far from it. Some days, yeah, you are definitely a daycare worker. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I baked three different things today. That is a quarantine victory, I believe. I had a nap. Mm-hmm. And got all my work done before, like... Did you drink alcohol? Yes. So alcohol, nap, and baking, that's a quarantine hat trick, I think is what that's called. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm currently drinking some alcohol. Oh, what do you got? Um, I am drinking the Brewster's Brewing Company Brewfoot. Brewfoot Blueberry Ale, I believe is what it is. Yes, that's what it is. Um, it's very uh, good. It's part of their summer fruit pack. Um, which has a raspberry, a peach, and a blueberry beer in it. And uh, I really, really enjoy them. They're perfect for this kind of summery weather that we're getting. They are. The raspberry's my favorite. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess we rambled about nonsense for a while. Do you want to get into what the show's about? Yeah, let's do it. So today, Samantha is going to tell me what we are going to be watching next for our big movie. But as we're doing throughout the quarantine, we have a few quarantine picks for you. Mm -hmm. Things that we would like to recommend from streaming services that you can watch right now. And today is going to be a spoiler-free episode. Yes. So we're not talking about anything too in-depth. We'll see what we like, what works about it, and where you can watch them. And then you'll tell me the big mystery of what I get to watch next. Yes, which I think you're going to like. All right. I'm excited. So today I'm starting with uh, Netflix. Um, I've heard of that. That's good because we have it. Um, so on Netflix, I have been rewatching Life in Pieces. They just released a new season today. 
Um, so I was kind of doing a rewatch before I watched the new season. Um, it's a story. It's done in kind of vignettes and uh, pieces, if you will. Pieces, yeah. And it's um, members of one family. They have three generations in the show. And uh, it's kind of just their crazy hijinks of being kind of a dysfunctional family. I watched the first two seasons of it. I think when it first came out, it was a time when I had actual television. So I was watching that first season live. And at first, I really liked it. I actually fell off of that show. Because it got a little too sitcom-y. It is quite sitcom-y, but I was watching it while I was, like, doing housework and stuff. And it was it was nice for the background. Because some of the stuff is quite funny. Um, I did laugh out loud a couple of times. Ooh, what do you like about the show? Um, all the characters go together really well in their, like, different weird ways. Um, I don't want to, like, spoil anybody's relationships or anything, but everybody gets a chance to kind of interact with everyone else in the family, whereas in some shows, uh, like comedy shows, you really only see, like, the husbands and wives together or the husbands and wives together in a group. And so it's kind of neat to see all of the members of the family interact in kind of their different, like, familial relationships. I remember in the part that I did watch, my favorite part was there was kind of one of the the sons who's kind of the black sheep outcast mm-hmm. a little bit. And then he has this love story with this woman he's falling for. And they broke up at the time I was watching. And I was like, I actually want these people to be together. Yeah. So there are characters in it that I found compelling and I was interested in. Yeah. But sometimes the storyline, usually the Colin Hanks storyline, is like a bad sitcom where it's not quite to the level of, oh, I have two dates on the same night, but it's not far from that, that it made me kind of disinterested. Oh, see, I think his storyline gets a lot better in... um the later season. Does he get to be a normal human? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think part of his charm as a character is that he doesn't um, always interact with the world the way his siblings do, which makes him kind of an outcast or an oddball or too straight-laced for his family. So um, I really like him and his wife and uh, how they kind of interact with the rest of the family. And uh, I think because each couple, they've three children two or three children anyway each couple is extremely different from the next and so they all kind of interact in really funny ways and they all bring something different to the big group scenes and uh they all have very different kind of life struggles and earlier this week we also learned that tom hanks has another son named chet hanks yeah who is a bad musician he is and he does not look like he belongs to the hanks family (laughs) yeah because tom hanks is the the most wholesome hollywood guy you could think of really and chet hanks looks kind of like a scumbag and i don't want to say the word scumbag because i don't know the guy but he kind of does and colin hanks looks a lot like his dad and looks like he acts a lot like his dad like he's they're very of the same type yeah, he needs to get, like, jacked and covered in tattoos. Yeah. And then you can be, like, Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Who spells Hanks with an X. Yeah, it's on his Insta. <laughs> we found his Instagram, and it's H-A-N-K. Oh, I didn't find his Instagram. I was listening X. to him on Spotify. Because oh. I had to listen to what it sounded like. It's yeah. not very good. It's not. It's not terrible. It's not good. My ears didn't bleed when we listened to it. There you go. That's a bonus. So, yeah, check out Life in Pieces. I know that by, you know... 
day 57 of quarantine, I'm looking for new things to watch. So I'm hoping that some of these kind of recommendations will bring up something new in your Netflix feed. So Andy, what are you watching this week? I have a show also available on Netflix and on Amazon Prime. So if you have either of those, you can watch it. And that is the show that most people know about called Community. Yeah, we watched this together. So I had watched Community when it was still new. I was watching it at the time. And I hadn't done a straight through rewatch of everything since it had ended. And one night I couldn't sleep and... Since Community has been on Netflix, it's been in everyone's mind a lot more, Mm -hmm. even though it's been on Amazon this whole time. Yeah. But since everyone was talking about it and it was right there one day, I was like, okay, I'll just put on one episode. It's something very familiar to me, something that I like. And then we ended up rewatching the whole series together. I just sat down one day when you were watching it and I was like, oh, Community. And I realized I'd only seen the first three seasons. Which are the best three. Yes. Um, but I never actually caught up with the last few seasons because they got kind of bumped around from networks and then they were online only. And so I never actually caught those last like two and a half, three seasons, which I realized as we were watching, I was like, I haven't seen any of this. Yeah, we could talk about just the behind the scenes stuff of Community and that would be a full episode. Oh, absolutely. But there is so much going on. I think the biggest things are... uh, Chevy Chase being just terrible to a lot of people, yeah. saying some pretty racist things, and Dan Harmon being pretty terrible himself at times. He left for the fourth season, but the fourth season was so bad they ended up bringing him back, and I think to the show's benefit. Yes. Dan Harmon is the writer and showrunner and just kind of the big brain behind everything there, and he also does Rick and Morty now, which right. I love and a lot of nerds and pretentious people love. And then a lot of other actors kind of left throughout, and we had a very different cast by the end. So Yeah, it was really interesting to kind of see the evolution, because you could tell that they were picking people by the end who were trying to replace other members of the cast. And doing it to varying degrees of success. So I'm not going to spoil too much of the show, but... We will talk a little bit about when actors come and go. Mm-hmm. Well, the first few episodes are going to be kind of standard sitcom tropes that you know, but you'll be like, oh, but these are fun characters. They're a little different. There's some really good jokes. But within the first like 10 episodes or so, you see what the show is going to be and it kind of starts settling into itself. Mm-hmm. It's very referential comedy a lot of the times, which sometimes can be really annoying but their selection is so specific and spot on that i started to appreciate it after (laughs) a while there's also a lot of like plot contrivances that any show has and they call it out the first time i watched through the show i was like well you can't just take these lazy sitcom shortcuts but then you say hey it's like in a sitcom and then it makes it okay but then this time watching it through i was like no they kind of can because that's their bit and Mm -hmm. they are not just relying on these contrivances, but upending them a lot of the time and commenting on them by doing that. But I love the show when it gets like truly absurd. Like can sometimes you can be have like even existential humor, but then all of that kind of really absurd humor would often be undercut by something really dark. Mm-hmm. And you get these brief insights either into a character or even characters that we don't really see too much on the show. And they also were I use that a lot, very specific, very specific, incredibly dark moments. 
And the juxtaposition of that specific tragedy and this bizarre comedy was really funny to me. And I think it's the characters. Absolutely. The characters are almost all really funny. They're very, um, one thing they do a really good job of is that they are very stereotypical, these characters, but they don't feel stereotypical in the way that they interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Like you have the jock and the nerdy brain girl and the like hippie activist, like free spirit. Well, let's go through them since I feel like a lot of people know this show and we're not spoiling anything, but like Jeff is probably your lead played by Joel McHale and his kind of over-the-top vanity is mm-hmm. so funny. He's and a really, handsome guy. And it really starts like coming through in later seasons because at the beginning, you're just like, oh, he's just like a handsome sitcom guy. Yeah. But the commentary they do on it as the show goes on and just how vain and stunted he is mm-hmm. inside is really funny. And then it sometimes is played as really tragic. And yeah. both are legitimate. And they give some pretty tragic reasons as to why he is like he is. Yeah. And then you start to really see like, oh, he's like a damaged person. He's not just like full of himself. He's like, this is a protection to himself. Like he doesn't, he plays this way because he doesn't know how to do it like honestly or like in earnest. And they take that kind of joke so much further because normally on a show you get someone who is very vain and that's it. And maybe it goes to the point where it's hilarious, and this show does that. Mm-hmm. And maybe it goes to the point where it explains how it's, oh, no, it's actually sad, and this show does that. But this show goes to a, as far as to make that really sad, tragic stuff also really funny. Yeah. That's where the genius of the show lies, in that lots of things will take things too far, but this takes it about five steps too far. True. And then comes all the way back and is hilarious again. Yeah. And then you have Britta, and I think she wasn't funny for the first season or so. No, she, they took a while for them to figure out what her character was going to be. When they started making her the butt of the jokes rather than the person making, making the jokes. Fun of other people, yeah. That's really when she got funny. Mm-hmm. And Britta everyone just, that. yeah, she, oh, <laughs> you're the worst. And all the things she did that were the worst, I was like, yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah, so it took a while for her like character to kind of sink into the role, but it was uh, it paid off in the end. And then Annie, who's played by Alison Brie. Alison Brie doesn't get enough credit for how Mm-mm. good of an actress she is. She's fantastic. She's fantastic, and you really see her range because there's like this show is wacky and all over the place. So there are episodes where she is brainwashed and she's playing a sexy Christmas baby (laughs) and doing like dances. And then there's other times where she's so serious about a cause or something that's going on. And she plays that so well too. So she really shows her like abilities as an actress in this show. And also in Glow, I guess that's a separate recommendation, but she's so good in that too. Some characters that I didn't like as much, I feel like Chevy Chase as Pierce could come or go. Yeah, what we learned in the past, like the later seasons that we could do without him. Yeah. Shirley is also like just, she's the one I don't like as much. She's actually like a bad person. I know they're all kind of bad people, but I I don't like Shirley. No, I I thought she was too far in the like, I'm a good person, but actually like guilts all of her friends into like doing what she wants. But I like that she gets called out on it at least. But... Where the show really shines, I think we will all agree, Troy and Abed. Ah, Troy and Abed are my favorite. At the beginning, Troy, played by Donald Glover, 
was kind of like a jock character. Yeah. And they quickly just abandoned that. And they're like, no, we found something so much better. And the love, like true love that these two friends had. And it wasn't like apologetic and trying to hide it. Whenever someone would call them out and make fun of them for being like so in love with each other, they would just say to each other, they're just jealous. (laughs) Yeah. They're so great. Yeah. And it was such like a... A really unique dynamic that you don't see in TV that these two, like, 19 to 22-year-old men, boys, really. Yeah. Children. Children, yeah. Are just so in love with each other. And it was was really sweet to see. And they're just so funny together. I feel like because they met in college and they didn't know each other for years and years and years, it's... It's almost like they're making up for lost time because they're so weird and so into each other. Mm -hmm. It's like we have to get through all of our childhood years and catch up to the point where we're like 20. Because we're like best friends and we're clearly like best friend soulmates and meant to be together. But it's like we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to do this. We we missed all these things, all these points and video games and imagination games. And like they have to catch up and um, like make up for lost time. And Donald Glover went on to great success in many different ways. He has that really good show called Atlanta. Check that out. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he was like Lando Calrissian. Yeah. He has some really good albums as Childish Gambino. But Danny Pudi, I think, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but he plays Abed, and he's not in much, which is a shame because when... His character on the show would play other characters. You get to see how talented of a guy he is. He's an incredible mimic. He's very good. Like he in, does really good impressions of all the other characters. Yeah, and it's just amazing. Um, someone like that should be very famous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the creators of the show also went on to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the directors went on to do some good horror movies and the Fast and the Furious movies. Then you have the Russo brothers who went on to do the highest grossing movies of all times mm-hmm. because they took over the adventure stuff. But yeah, great show. I guess we could just talk about this for a full episode. I guess the only other thing we should uh, mention is how this show also does like really bizarre concept episodes a lot yeah. of the time. Like their paintball ones like are the, the most famous episodes. ones yeah. where it's just a straight on action movie for this episode. Yeah, and they always have a theme and they just like commit to the theme. Yeah. Like the entire world changes. Sometimes yeah. there's post-apocalyptic episodes yeah. that are based just because people are raiding each other on an app. Yeah. There's also musical episodes, but I think it's really funny when they do things like a Law and Order type episode, or there's a documentary about the making of a movie. Like long ago on this podcast, I mentioned how Hearts of Darkness is a better movie than Apocalypse Now, the documentary is based on. And in this, we get to see the documentary of a making of a commercial. And there's such great performances (laughs) in that. And not comedic performances, straight up dramatic performances that are so spot on that it is hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, Community, great show. If you have Amazon or Netflix, it's available right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I I could see someone being pulled out of their quarantine funk by watching Community because it's such a happy show to watch. Yeah, give it the first few episodes. When it seems like pretty straightforward for the first three, it is, but it gets real crazy pretty quickly. Give it five five episodes you'll be hooked well what else do you have i think we're gonna do two picks each yeah so i didn't actually find anything on disney plus this week i uh 
looked and looked and I've just been watching like movies from the early 2000s and I don't really feel like uh, I have anything new to say because I did talk about um, nostalgia last pre-episode um, and how uh, there's a lot of movies from the early 2000s that I remember seeing as a young teenager and enjoying and now I'm kind of re-watching them and some of them stand up and some of them don't but uh, I don't really have much more to say about that so I'm gonna pick off of Amazon Prime this week because the other day we were eating dinner and we were like oh let's just watch something fun and like you know, something we don't have to pay a whole bunch of attention to. And we ended up paying a whole bunch of attention to it. Um, It was called The Pantry Ghost Documentary. (laughs) So if you have Amazon Prime Video, you've probably searched something generic and gotten all sorts of paranormal kind of documentaries. And I think we were searching things like ghosts aliens paranormal so maybe that's why we got all those okay um but yeah so there's all sorts of um like low budget documentaries that cover a broad range of topics um india i think your brother was mentioning how much bigfoot stuff is on there lots of sasquatch um and so then we searched ghosts and found the pantry ghost so it's from 2013 it's set in uh, someone's house and basically their pantry is haunted by a ghost and uh, the husband kind of goes crazy and sets up a camera and stakes it out every night and uh, you kind of see the accumulation of them moving out uh, of the house because it's so haunted and their daughter talks to this ghost and you eventually find out that the ghost's name is Mabel and uh, they end up like fleeing the house in the middle of the night. So, Indy, did you enjoy this one? Yes and no. It's bad. It's not a oh, good no, documentary. It's not, it's not like quality. <laughs> but I enjoyed watching it because it's about someone who posted things on YouTube and that's all we got from it, the rest of the world. And now they made a documentary because his YouTube fame wasn't enough. Right. Uh, my takeaway was that it's very clearly staged. But Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's it was fine. fun. It was fun, yeah, and uh, you don't need to, you know, dwell on it too hard, but it was it was entertaining to watch. Yeah, I like bad ghost hunting shows. I don't like ones that take themselves too seriously or think that they're making something really good, and I think this movie knew that it wasn't doing anything special, and exactly. it, was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was very basic, so... I, I would recommend searching your favorite paranormal being on Amazon Prime Video and just picking a documentary. What's your favorite paranormal being? I'm a big ghost person. Ghost? I like a Wendigo. Oh, Wendigos. Wendigos are my favorite. Oh, let's search Wendigo. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay, maybe next week we'll have some updates on Wendigo stuff. <laughs> on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. So, Indy, what's your next pick for the week so for my movie pick i'm actually gonna go to disney plus because i was thinking there's not a whole lot on there that's not really well known like aladdin or something Mm. like that to pick but one of my favorite movies that did really well yet is somehow still kind of underrated is big hero six Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. So Big Hero 6 is technically a Marvel movie because it was a Marvel comic book. Oh, but kind I of, didn't know that, actually. Yeah, not in their mainstream world of Avengers and stuff like right. that. It was like in an offshoot world a little bit. I want to see Big Hero and like Captain America. 
It's from 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. And it won the Oscar for Best Animated Picture that year. That's right. So it did well. And I think it made something like six, seven hundred million dollars. So it's very successful. Yet when I talk about it as one of my favorite animated films from the 2010s, like people seem to have forgotten it already. That's sad. Because that was a really good movie. And I remember watching it and really, really liking it. I think what I love most about this movie, ooh, maybe I'm sounding very like sappy and emotional today, but the amount of like love that is in this movie, these characters care for each other in such an honest and all-encompassing way that it's just, it's beautiful. Do you remember if you cried in this movie or not? I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> Do you know when? No, I don't. I don't remember. I remember seeing it when it came out and mm-hmm. I remember thinking man i cried in that movie but i don't actually remember when so at the time it came out i had never taken a sick day from work in like 12 years or something i got really bad food poisoning and i was hospitalized and then when i went home i was like oh i'll just watch a movie on the couch because i was too ill to sleep and this is when i was living in korea and i watched big hero six i then cried during it and that evening my friend came over to like check on me and stuff and see how I was doing I was like yeah yeah I'm fine you should watch this movie and then we sat down and I watched it for the second time that day oh wow and then when I came home I have nieces and nephews here so everyone when I'd go visit them I was like oh do you want to watch a movie I have this one it's called Big Hero 6 have you seen it and I would just show it to every child <laughs> who would allow me to show it to them that's so funny it has a great fraternal love there's brothers in it And there's almost like a surrogate brother in this character of this big squishy robot. Mm -hmm. And it's an unemotional robot who is just a medical droid. But the, the, the love that's felt for them is just like palpable. And then there's a group of friends who's trying to take care of someone who's going through grief. And the movie, it deals with grief a lot in a pretty true way. It's not like a gritty, dark look at it or anything, but it shows just how the loss of someone affects every aspect of someone's life and they always keep coming back to that even when they think they're getting over it and sometimes it leads them to do kind of self-destructive things or perhaps selfish things but yeah this movie is great because this it's about a boy who is an inventor there's a robot that his brother invented and this robot kind of turns into the support this boy didn't need didn't know he needed. I remember the first thing that the robot says, and he's just trying to like help people with very literal health issues. And he just says to the little boy, it's okay to cry. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's okay to cry. <laughs> and I took that to myself. because I, I was remember probably this crying. being a way deeper movie than I thought it was going to be. I think I might've seen it on a date. That's a good date. It was not a good date. Well, the movie was good. The movie was great. Um, And I remember being like, this is like more emotional and like a heavier movie than I thought that I was picking. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Yeah. And of course, it turns out to be like a big adventure and they're going to form a superhero team because it is a superhero movie. Eventually, the first two acts don't go that way. And in the third act, you always have to have... uh, the heroes have an argument and the team splits up or something like that. Right. But how it comes about in this seems so organic, so true to the characters and such a lesson as well. 
And then on top of that, you get like these big action sequences that are are very good. And it's a beautiful looking movie. Mm -hmm. It looks fantastic, especially when you get to see the city. And the city is San Francisco. So it's a world where... (laughs) Uh, the links between Japan and the U.S. are much closer, so all the architecture is a blend of what San Francisco and Tokyo are. Right. And that's beautiful. This world where Japan and the U.S. are together is great. These friends don't get as much character development because they are, like, it's a team of uh, of six, as the name would suggest. But what you do see from them is is really interesting. There's very good voice acting, I think. Mm-hmm. All of these characters are, are really well done that way. Visually beautiful. And then it always comes back to these themes of love and support. So that's my pick. If you haven't seen it, it's good for any age. It's not one that has some humor that's a crude and adult that they sneak in. Every laugh in it is very sweet and not tacked on, but it feels earned. But there's nothing like crass or anything like Mm. that in it. So it's something you can watch with whoever is around. So I say go check out Big Hero 6 on Disney Plus right now. Nice. Well, that sold it for me. I'm going to go watch it. I just watched it this morning. (laughs) Well, you like to watch movies twice in a day. You like to watch this movie twice in a day. That's true. Well, I think those are a few picks that can hold everyone over until the next week. But let's get to the real reason we're here. We take turns presenting a movie to the other person, something that they haven't seen before, and then we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. This week is Samantha's pick. So it's Sam, my pick. what am I going to be watching? So Indy, let me, let me ask you some questions here as precursors. Oh, please. Do you like classic novels? Oh, you know I do. Come on. Do you like female empowerment? Fuck yeah, I do. Do you love beautifully shot movies? That's one of my favorite things. Do you love remaking of classics? Usually not. Okay, well, I think you're just going to have to reserve your judgment on this time. (laughs) Because this week we are watching the 2019 remake of Little Women. I am so excited. (laughs) I've been trying to watch this for months and you wouldn't let me. And now I know why. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... I saw you put it on uh, the TV uh, in, in like the menu of stuff that we watch. And I was like, maybe let's not watch that. Every time you suggest, oh, maybe let's not watch that right now. Because I knew I wanted to do it for the podcast. Um, so this is something that I saw with my mom. And I cried in the theater. And she cried in the theater. Do they sing Good King Wenceslas in this one? I can't remember, actually. Mm. But um, it was such an incredibly shot movie it's so beautiful and um i really think that they did such a good job of telling such a classic story that everyone already knows because sometimes when you get those remakes of things that like people already know the story because it's been around for you know hundreds of years and you just you kind of Either the director decides to reimagine it and it loses some of its, like, original magic from the original story, or um, they try and do what everyone else has done and it just turns into, like, well, it's just another remake. And why did I need that one? Exactly. So I think that Greta Gerwig did a really good job of directing a movie that it's beautiful to watch, it's got that same feeling, um, and they do a really good job of um, kind of showcasing all these actresses. Well, I think this one is set up for me to love it. I think so. So I've read the novel, 
I love the novel. I love the 1994 version of this movie. I've seen it many times. I think it's amazing. I love Greta Gerwig. She mm-hmm. did Lady Bird a couple years back. And much of the cast of Lady Bird is back in Little Women, I think. Yes. And it's so amazing to see all these actresses that we know from other things. Um, so like Emma Watson, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep. Like we we know a lot of these people from other movies like Harry Potter and like all of these big blockbusters and stuff. And it's really amazing to see them all work together because they do feel like a family. And it's funny, the ones that you mentioned, of course, are the big name ones, but there's a few other people in it that I'm really ex- excited to see, like uh, Florence Pugh. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Pugh. She's in this as well. She was in Midsummer, and she was really good in that. And who plays Joe? Uh, Saoirse Ronan. I just wanted to hear you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, Saoirse Ronan. She was really good in Lady Bird, so yeah, I'm excited to see she's... her in this incredible in this movie they they all are honestly like i don't think there is one person in this like main female cast of probably six or seven women that doesn't do an incredible job in what they're doing and chalamet plays laurie right chalamet timothy chalamet ah we'll get there we'll talk (laughs) about it next time okay but yeah i'm i think there's a good chance i will really like this movie yeah well should we watch a trailer Sure. Okay. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Ow! I know. Hey, mate, you're the only sane member of your troublemaking family. I want to be great or nothing. Beth is a shy girl. I wish just to have us all to be together. Beth is perfect. Joe, would you like to dance with me? Joe is a lost cause. I intend to make my own way in the world. And Meg? Thank you, Aunt March. Oh, my. I want a home and a family. Don't leave. You'll be bored of him in two years, and we will be interesting forever. Women have minds, and they have souls, as well as just hearts. Are you not angry at me? Life is too short to be angry at one's sisters. Where'd you get the money? Well, I only sold what was my own. You're one beauty. Rated PG. So? (laughs) Looks good. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes that I remember from from the book and the other movie. And just seeing that, I already want to go like, oh, but didn't you hate that this one part when this and this happens? Like, no, wait, we haven't even watched the movie yet. yet. I can't start talking about the plot. This is one of the things about doing something familiar that's a remake is that it's it's always interesting to see how other people remember the originals and how they feel like if it lived up to that idea of what this story is. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you like it better than the 94 version? Um, yes. Oh, I think it that's was more praise. visually interesting. Yeah, I don't recall anything from the 94 being like amazing to look mm-hmm. at, but I just love the story and the acting so oh, much. It's such an incredible story. So I think that um, Greta Gerwig has done a really good job of keeping that original classic alive while um, kind of reinvigorating it and making it feel very lively and you really feel all the emotions and the different personalities of all the sisters. I didn't know Bob Odenkirk was in it too. Yeah. So he was in it and Meryl Streep and Bob Odenkirk I didn't know about. <laughs> there um, is a lot of really familiar faces in this movie. 
Well, I'm super excited to watch it. This is one where I've actually been really wanting to watch this for a while. <laughs> and I wouldn't let you. Okay, well, I feel like without spoiling anything else, we should probably stop here. Yes. And go watch it right now. Can we watch it tonight? You have to go to bed, probably. I have to go to bed because I'm a baby. Can I stay up and watch it alone? No. Okay, really fine. Wanna, we'll watch I it tomorrow. I really want to see it again. Okay. Yeah, so we will be watching 2019's Little Women. And we will see you back here next Monday um, when we talk about what Indy thought of this remake of a classic. Check it out. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. We might agree on something. <gasps> Double love? Whoa. Whoa. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Sounds Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Whoa. I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm already <laughs> in love with it, though. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you next week.